Good morning and welcome to Get Enlightened with me, Lauren Scott. I am so glad you're here today and I'm so excited because I'm actually releasing today. I am putting a little disclaimer on this one because it can be a little bit of a trigger warning. I have um, Sheriff Deeds with me. Um, and he is going to be talking about his experience with a shootout as well as some trauma. So if that is too much for you, I am letting you know ahead of time. This is not the one that you can tune into, but if you want to laugh and have some good time, tune into the porch time with Paige because it might be better. Um, if you have any triggers that you don't need, I also want to ask for your grace because this is one of my very first interviews that I've done person to person and I actually misstepped one. And so there's a little bit of feedback in my microphone specifically. I have tried to edit edit it out as best as possible, but you know what guys, I am here to be who I am and it is my first one. It is too good not to release. It is too good to have to redo. So you're getting it without any kind of edit filter otherwise. Um, so if there's a little feedback on my end, it is my first one. Thanks for being here. I really hope you enjoy it. It is an incredible story um, and maybe a different side of what you didn't expect behind the scenes. So without further ado, I think that's how you say it or with further ado. Anyhow, <laughs> here's the first episode of Get Enlightened with me, Lauren Scott. Good morning and welcome to Get Enlightened with me, Lauren Scott. I am so excited today to have one of my most favorite people, Sheriff Deeds, in with me. He is the sheriff of Hood County. I've had the pleasure to share with, uh, to serve with him for nine years. We've raised almost a million dollars together just for the Paluxy River Children's Advocacy Center, and his story is amazing. So welcome, Sheriff Deeds. Well, thank you. Good morning. Good morning. I'm happy to have you here. I kind of want to get, out, get your story out here because I don't know if everybody, you've served for so long out here. And people have lost your story and what it's all about and the reason why you're so good for Hood County. So today, can you kind of start off on how you started to become sheriff? Have you always wanted to be a police officer? Let's start at the beginning. So where did you start, Sheriff Deeds? I started running for sheriff when I was 48, 49 years old. And then right before I got sworn in, after I won the election, then I was 50 um, so I've been in office now at the end of this year, it'll be 15 years. And then I got one more year to go on my fourth term and I'll be running for my next term also. But, um, this next month I turned 65, but a lot of this started many years ago. Um, just wanting to be able to help people like helping people. Um, a lot of people thought I was little different because I wanted to get out there like used to live up in uh, Colorado and get out in the snowstorms and blizzards and go out and feeding cattle in the pastures when nobody could get to them or helping pull people out of the ditches just because it was fun to do and good to do and taking care of people and I guess it's evolved over the years I became a ECA and then an EMT and a fireman and I was fire chief of Indian Harbor Fire Department for a number of years and had to retired from that position when I was made the first fire marshal of Hood County back in in 2003, July of 2003, and did that, volunteered to do that prior to that also and became a deputy, went to Law Enforcement Academy in 1997, and um, so I was a paid deputy for Hood County and 
in the late 90s and then a volunteer fire marshal until 2003 and um, that's still law enforcement and then ran for sheriff and here I am. <laughs> and what is one of the things that you that we can say is the difference between when you started running for sheriff and now? Well, there's a lot of differences. You got to go with the flow a lot of times and talk to the people and watch what's going on. And um, I don't watch the news so much because that's getting worse and worse every day. But agreed um, with that. <laughs> you know, as a fire marshal from the past and emergency management person, um, an EMT, there's you know, Hood County has gone through a lot of disasters. Tornado um, ten years ago that killed oh, yeah. six people and. Um, and so that, that's always part of the job, dealing with that, that kind of stuff. As a sheriff, dealing with criminal activities, running the jail. Um, when I came into office, we had a few that we had to, uh, had to house out of county. And um, just the other day, we've been up to around 40, 45 people out of county. And the main reason is having, I think like even today, we've got 53 females in the system. Really? But the jail was only built in 1995 to house 20 females. So wow. as far as what's gone on different and more over the years is females are getting in almost as much trouble as the guys. And drugs, 20-some um, years ago, I was an undercover narcotics officer. And, and drugs, that's, I guess, a big part of why I got into law enforcement is as a fireman, as an EMT, you can help people and do a lot of good for them, but then the families that was just getting ripped yeah. apart because of drugs and alcohol, you have to take mm -hmm. it to the next level. And, so and, now you're more of like that side of stepping in and yeah. really helping all the way around. And um, it is greatly increased over the years. Um, mental illness is an up and coming thing. Um, I don't know, you know what's the major cause of it, but I guess stressed out lives that people uh, are going through. Yeah, I mean, just the world. I mean, just like what we were talking, you said earlier, you don't watch the news. I don't watch the news. I feel the news is so negative. That's one of the reasons why I'm actually doing the podcast is to bring a little bit more of positivity to where, to people's lives in any form or fashion that we can. Yep. And so I, I think that mental illness is something that has been brought to the forefront here recently, but really... Um, seen more and more, even probably worse. I mean, I don't know about this. This is probably something you can say since 2020 when the whole world shut down. <laughs> yeah, it got really wild then. But when I first came in as sheriff, we had uh, every so often we'd have a person in mental crisis that we had to go out and help. And then as time went on, it got to be more and more and more. And it was just all day, all night, just all the time. And my patrol guys that were going out and, and dealing with these people, it was tying them up on these calls because we're going to do everything we can to help those people. But then some of the other calls were starting to suffer because we didn't have enough deputies out there to do enough good. And so I had to take two people completely out of uh, patrol and send them to school. They're mental health peace officers. And, wow. and that's, that's their only job now, two people. I wish I had four, but... Right now I have two people, to, that's all they deal with is people in mental crisis. Mental crises. And so it's, my record stood for a long time, many years of transporting four people to the state facility in one 24 hour period. But now my new record is six. Wow. And you know, that's. It, it seems like a very 
big amount. Yeah, it's, <laughs> like, people don't realize that, um, and unless their family has somebody that's in the family that's um, suffered mental illness and have to deal with that directly, most people don't realize what's going on out there. And it's a, it's a big thing, and alcohol and drugs, illegal drugs, just making everything worse. So somebody that's got some mental issues, then they think, well, let's enhance it with methamphetamine or uh, all the other drugs that are out there, and it just makes things worse. Yeah. So we're dealing with all of that. This morning, a matter of fact, around 6 o'clock or a little before 6, um, had the ambulance respond to help an 84-year-old man out that was having trouble breathing. Well, his son that was born in 1964, so he's not a spring chicken, was high on meth. And so the ambulance people had to fight him. One of my deputies had to fight him. He called for help. We ended up having four deputies on scene. I took him into custody and he's now in my jail on multiple charges. Wow. And so it's the mental illness has gone to the extreme with people enhancing it with illegal drugs. Do you see a bigger problem with meth out here or is it just illegal drugs and just alcohol in general? Well, meth is, uh, it used to be marijuana was the number one drug around that you caught people with, but now it's, uh, meth is so cheap. That's another thing that's changed since I was an undercover narcotics person or even when I first started. Mm -hmm. It was uh, $100 to buy a gram of meth. Well, now it's like 5 to $10 per gram of meth. Um, the gang members, the Aryan Brotherhood, well, not even so much the Aryan Brotherhood anymore. It's a, the Mexican uh, mafia and different Cartel. cartels that are bringing it in and just overloading everything. So it's selling it dirt cheap and causing more people to be addicted to it. And I've lost more friends um, and, and family members, actually, that have gotten addicted to meth or um, alcohol. And it is just, they've lost everything and ruined their lives. So I was so scared growing up that I just have never understood it. And so I think that what you're doing with the community and understanding that, you know, this mental health issue plays a big part in it is something that is needs to be more talked about. And that leads to suicides or so much. threatened suicides and, and so... You know, we spend a lot of time dealing with that, so that has changed dramatically. The yeah. mental illness, the suicides, which that all goes hand in hand. Um, but of course, we still have um, burglaries and theft and murders and everything else, but um, we try to keep it all under control. And well, I think you've done a really good job, you know, serving alongside of you, seeing what you've done with the CAC, seeing even Mission Granberry, you know, the different... You really are out in the community 100%, and I think that's what makes you so amazing because you're relatable. You you are not a scary figure that's just sitting in your office, you know, um, that sometimes we see in cities. You know, you never see the sheriffs or the police chiefs coming out and about, and I think that that is what makes you so great for Hood County is that you make your presence known, but you also have kind of an open door that if somebody was to have an issue that they could come and talk to you about. Oh, yeah, that's... A big part of it, being open to the public and learn what the needs are and be able to adjust and adjust to and, what and they need do and what, keep do on what doing. Needs to do. And children are our future, and so we've got to take care of them. And yes. I'm also the board president of the senior center, so 
I take care of the young and I take care of the old too. So um, you take care of the people That's right. that make well, up this world. So. Well, now we're going to get into a little bit of the trauma based of what's happened because I know, um, was it, how many years ago did that shootout happen at the square? June 28th of 2013, 10 can years ago. Can you, do you mind talking a little bit about that experience and um, then recovering from it with your, what do you call your officers, do you call them? Deputies. Deputies, with your deputies on how, how to recover that trauma that happened. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, it definitely takes time, especially when something happens to one of your own. Um, and that morning I was out at a meeting with um, another one of my officers, um, a meeting to talk about the animal control trailer uh, for taking um, animals out for adoptions and adoption events and all that. And we were heading back into town on the east side of town and came across the radio that day that uh, shooting had just occurred and one of my deputies had been shot and um, the second arriving deputy on scene gave a lot of information about who it was and what's going on and where they're at and what they were driving. And so we instantly headed that direction. And when we were out on Highway 44, that's when we asked the guy. So we turned around, no doubt in my mind whatsoever, because of the description my deputies gave of who it was. And we followed him into town, not really a high-speed pursuit, but he wasn't going to stop. And then he, you know, finally he pulled down Houston Street and lots of traffic up on the square, and he pulled in next to Farina's right before they opened and in front of City Hall and got out and started shooting. So anyway... He just opened up fire yep. in front of City Hall. He got out of his car. He was uh, in a van. Ooh, and, and chills all over my body. Yeah, and he started shooting. A lot of people say, well, what do you do when they start shooting at you? Well, you got to shoot back. Yeah. And uh, this was a little bit different, too, because we knew that he had just shot one of my deputies, and we knew that things weren't looking very good at that point. So, um, you yeah, know, there was a lot of shots fired that day. Um, I think it was like 76 shots fired between him mostly. And um, then, yeah, I was the one that had the best shot and took him, took him down. So it, I had uh, two of my deputies that were right there close to me um, that been de dealt with that and some Granbury officers. The Granbury officer was hit, which he became one of my deputies, and now he's a constable. Um, so there's a lot of trauma in dealing with that, but you got to go on with, with life. And um, but that was a traumatic day, and yeah. um, I really didn't know that deputy's wife very good, but got to know her real good from then on. And um, so you get to know families, and um, and there's still fundraisers and things that that um, yeah. help his family, right? Yeah, every we just did our tenth um, Lance McLean Memorial Golf Tournament. Um, down at Squaw Creek or Squaw, Squaw Valley, I guess. Squaw Valley, Glen Rose. Glen Rose, and um, every year it turns out really good, and a lot of people come out. For lots, for a number of the years, first five or six, we did, um, had both of the, they have two golf courses down there, and we had both of them going and had a lot of people involved. So there was um, lots of people involved, paying to get in, um, the 
the live auctions and then the silent auctions. Mm -hmm. So it made quite a bit of money. Do you put, does, do you give all of that to him and his family? Every cent of it. I think that's amazing. Yep, every cent of it goes to uh, the foundation. And um, they, a few years ago, I can't remember how many years ago now, that she started, uh, Mrs. McLean started putting the money out for scholarships because she's set up and doing okay in her life. And um, so she gives it back to the community too. Wow. Now, they live it what in. A, what a beautiful transition. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like out of something that's so horrible, something great has been done. Yeah, so she gives out scholarships down in Hyco and up here in Hood County. And then like with the Sheriff's Posse that I have, and that's a volunteer group, then we donate money into that too for scholarships. And so out of Lance McLean getting shot, then a lot of kids are getting to go to school because of it. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a good thing. But yeah, we just finished our 10th golf tournament. With wow. That, so 10 years. How much money did y'all raise? Uh, off the top of my head, I really don't remember. You don't know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sure it's a good amount, great amount, actually. Yeah. Now, when, since you did do that shot, what, what is something that you have taught yourself to get past any, any kind of traumatic situations? I, I ask this, one, for myself, to be honest with you, because, you know, about two years ago, I was the first on the scene where the gentleman passed away and I, the, that I was working on. And I suffer from PTSD from it, so being a first responder is never going to be in the books for me. But what is something that you, that you do, um, meditation, breath work, anything that you do to help relieve and let go at the end of the day? Yeah, I go to church every Sunday. Um, as far as being going way back to being an EMT, dealing with people in traumatic incidents with car wrecks or heart attacks, mm. strokes, anything like that, then um, I guess you don't, unless you have to look them in the eyes because you're dealing with their eyes or something. Um, I just I worry about where's my wife, where's my kids, uh, my child. Now i got a grandson too, but... I worry about where are they at, are they okay, and then I'm just going to do what I have to do. As far as that shooting, um, I knew that this guy had just shot uh, my deputy. You just um, did exactly what you needed and, to do. And then he was shooting at me, so I figured Absolutely. I'm going to shoot back. So it bothered me, not that I shot the guy, it bothered me that my deputy was gone. And so that's the hard part to get through. And so, um, yeah, I talked to... Pastor John Knox a bunch and um, just people on that were part of that whole thing and yeah. a lot worked, of, worked through it together just, as a team. yeah worked through it together but then life has to go on so uh, you just go on but yeah uh, but as far as shooting that guy that didn't bother me a bit you know it's it's one of those things you're if you're in fear of your life, and I don't know if I was you, in fear of my life, but if somebody's going to shoot at me, I'm going to shoot yeah, at Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I think it's amazing. I think your story is incredible. Moving forward, now, now we're here. It's election year. Is it election year? It's election year for you, right? uh, I guess it's, yeah, it's getting ready to start because you got to sign up for the primary election in March 5th of 2024, you got to sign up in November. I don't remember the exact day. I think it's like November 11th or something. Mm -hmm. Or maybe that's a veteran. So everybody in Hood County needs to go make sure that they're voting. Yep. 
for the election. So we'll be signing up and I'll be signing up by November and be on the ballot in March. Wow. Are you excited? To run another, so so is it a three-year term, four-year term, two-year term? Four-year term. Four-year term. Is it going to be your last one? You think? No, uh, I don't. I'm getting getting up there, and uh, <laughs> we'll see. I I do what I feel is necessary at the time. Uh, what the people need, um, yeah. and I feel like Hood County still needs me to keep things going in the direction that we're going, and so. Um, well, I I strongly believe that as well, and I. Your love for the community is outstanding. Um, I really have enjoyed working beside you. I've, re- you know, I've gotten you to do all kinds of fun things, like get on this podcast, dress up as Santa. You're, you're just you. You never say no. I have to say, you never say no. You're always there. You always have had this open door policy. I just think you are one of the most amazing people that I have met, and I am happy. And glad that you're on here and I'm getting able to share your story. Um, let's also talk about if there was anything in the world what you would want to do different, what would that be? I don't know what it is. Um, I feel like I was meant to do this, and, and so that's what I'm doing. People ask me, where are you going to go on vacation? Well, my vacation is going to the sheriff's conference every year. <laughs> and so that's just three or four days that I'm back to work. And um, I signed up for this to swore to an oath to, to be here and serve and protect the citizens. And so um, I'm doing this for as long as I can do it. And, and then we'll worry about what comes next. But at this point in time, it's just being sheriff 24-7. Wow. Thank you, Sheriff Deeds, for all that you do for Hood County. You're welcome. And thank you for all that you do for the people of Hood County. And thank you for sitting down and telling this, telling your story. I think it's amazing. I, mean, I really, really truthfully do. And I hope that y'all tune in and understand, you know, that the people that are serving, there's so much that goes into it and behind the scenes that people just don't know. And um, well, that's, Yeah, that's definitely, being sheriff is, it's not like, Andy Griffith on Mayberry. No, no and, it's not what um, people think it, in the media. It's not, like, <laughs> yeah, it's not John Wayne. And um, there's a lot of moving parts, and it's a constant 24/7 yeah, job. I've got 100 and you know, about 160 employees, and um, it's something every day, every night, seven days a week. Um, it's like you know, a bunch of kids, and but you're, they're your family, so you know, I got to take care of them, but I got to take care of the the citizens of Hood County too. So it's there's a lot of moving parts with being sheriff. It's not there's just, a lot of moving parts. Yeah, you gotta know every part of it. You can't I gotta rely on a lot of people to do the job, but um you know, you gotta know what's going on. Yeah, you have to be trustworthy. And that is something that I feel would be kind of hard too because you're put on a pedestal and you're put into this situation to where you have to really trust who you're around. Like being able to kind of, I guess what I'm saying is read the room of where you're at, too, all the time. I feel like you're 24-7 on. So what do you do when you go home? Do you just relax, or does it never, it never stops? Well, yeah, I try to relax. I got an easy chair and um, kick my feet back, and but then sitting to my right, I've got a, a laptop going with our CAD system going and <laughs> radio never, going. So, I, I so like you're never to, completely off. When I'm sleeping, I guess, until the phone <laughs> rings. But I want to know what's going on. If a deputy needs help, I need to be there. 
if there's a problem, I need to know what's going on. Um, so as long as I'm awake, I'm usually paying attention to what's going on and um, until I go to sleep at night, and, but then the phone rings um, quite often. And, and you're back up. And you're, <laughs> you're back, back up, up and on. going again. So. Well, thank you again for all that you do. Guys, I hope you got something out of this incredible story and you see that there is sides to everything and moving parts to everything and there's good and all. So thank you for being here, Sheriff. And thank you for listening to Get Enlightened with me, Lauren Scott. Thank you.